Do you know more about Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV news, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. Come along with me, your host, Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're talking about the Osbournes today, and I am really excited to share my thoughts with everybody. I, I'll admit, right out the gate, this is kind of a loosey-goosey, no-structure type of episode. Um, I, there's a little bit I kind of go through the seasons in order, but I also just have a lot to talk about the influence of the Osbournes, uh, a little bit more personally how I really enjoyed the show, just a lot of that type of stuff. So I will say it is not your typical recap episode that I usually do for Sister Wives. Um, so I apologize if maybe that's annoying to some of you. But to me, I found this to be really fun to just rewatch the episodes and talk about them, give my thoughts. This was a real big trip down memory lane. <laughs> so I hope everyone enjoys. Um, Give me a follow on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV. We have an email now, Adventures in Reality TV at gmail.com. And, you know, let me know if you like certain episodes of stuff I'm talking about. Do you like other shows that maybe I'm not talking about? You know, I love to hear about people's other TV interests. Even if it's not reality TV, tell me what scripted shows you're watching. I'm always happy to hear from you guys. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Soon I'll be coming out with Sister Wives for this week. And also Real Housewives of Potomac is coming out soon. Boop, 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 boop. Plus lots of other fun stuff. So let's get into it. The show has been a very funny rewatch. Some of it hasn't aged (laughs) as well as other parts of it. However, some of it is still just as entertaining as I remember it being when I was 10 years. Yikes. Yeah, when I was 10. So, um, yeah, the reason I really wanted to cover this show, one, is I absolutely loved it. I remember when it came out, I was obsessed, and (laughs) it was probably my first show I was allowed to watch that was kind of considered, quote, you know, mature. It was on MTV. So, you know, and my parents actually watched it with me a lot, too, because they were Ozzy Osbourne fans, more obviously because of his music because they were younger when he was famous and I know my mom she's a big rock and roll and um, hard rock fan so she was a big Black Sabbath fan and that was how I was kind of introduced to him as well not only is this bumbling you know goofy dad that he was made out to be on the show and we'll talk about more but also um you know, when I first saw that the show came out, I remember asking my parents, like, who is this guy? And my mom was like, that's the lead singer of Black Sabbath. And then, you know, learning more about him through the show and then finding his music and becoming, honestly, like a Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath stan. <laughs> so disclaimer here, I, I am a bit biased against for Ozzy Osbourne. I know he's not a perfect human, trust me. Um, I know he cheated on Sharon. I know Sharon isn't a perfect human by any means, neither are her kids. But And, and we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll kind of cover the gamut here, I'm hoping. But anyways, yeah, so it was... 
I remember this show coming out and really falling in love with it right away. I remember getting a book about it. They had came out with like the Osborne's book, which was like a behind the scenes of everything. I'm pretty sure I still have that book. It may be on my bookshelf now that I think about it in my living room. I'm going to have to check that in a second and see. So yeah, I was a really big fan and, you know, I feel like this was the first introduction for me into pop culture, you know, mainstream pop culture in terms of like celebrity um, and music on MTV type of thing. Now, a lot of people who maybe didn't like Ozzy Osbourne's music knew who he was, knew he had, you know, famous songs like Crazy Train and, you know, probably vaguely knew who Black Sabbath were. Uh, probably looked at him as a has-been when this show came on. I mean, I don't think he was really at his peak of fame anymore. However, then it skyrocketed. <laughs> him and his family became, you know, the biggest celebrities ever once this show came on. But it, it's suffice to say to a lot of people, Ozzy Osbourne was not someone in the forefront of their mind as like a famous celebrity when this show came out. Um, and what's interesting to know is that, and I learned this actually from listening to the Osborne's podcast, they came out with, I think like 10 episodes back in 2018. And in one of the first episodes, Sharon actually explains that they got this show by, um, MTV Cribs and people loved, I guess their first MTV Cribs episode. And so they did two and Sharon said, well, let's allow MTV's cameras to film this reality show alongside the Cribs people. And, you know, that's how we got it, I guess. So yeah, and like, I'm pretty sure if you look it up, this is like the first celebrity reality TV show for MTV. And really, in, in general, I mean, at this point, Survivor had been on, which was a competition type of show. And then... The Bachelor premiered the same month as the Osbournes did. And I looked it up. The Osbournes premiered in the beginning of March, I think March 7th, 2002. And then The Bachelor's first season premiered March 25th of 2002, which is also like a competition reality love, quote, love show. <laughs> Remember when people actually, the, the Bachelor came on and people were like, oh my gosh. We're going to compete for love. These people are genuinely here to find love. Wow. What a bunch of dummies we were. God, we were so easily persuaded, like, fooled. <laughs> so this being the first reality TV show for celebrity, we have to make note. Lover or hater, you know, Sharon Osbourne walked so Kris Jenner could run. Let's be, let's make it clear. I mean, Kris Jenner would have not been able to pull off that short, dark haircut and black power blazers without Sharon Osbourne doing the same thing. Except Sharon Osbourne's hair was actually a lot more fun than Kris Jenner's has ever been. Um, and the big difference is, is that we could tell, you know, Sharon Osbourne actually loved her kids. Mm. Did I say that? So this really was a show that was just like kind of the first of its kind Looking back, I think this is what started my serious love and pretty much damn near addiction to reality TV. Because then after that, I mean, I remember watching all of these celebrity shows following, you know, 
rich kids of celebrities following you know remember rich girls that one show it had tommy hilfiger's daughter i think ally hilfiger and another friend of hers i cannot remember her name uh but that was a really good one i bet those shows i bet those episodes are on youtube i have to find that um and then we had run's house with rev run from run dmc that was a fucking crazy show Nick and Jessica, obviously, we know. Chicken of the Sea, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of another, like, staple for MTV. Dave Navarro and Carmen Electra had that show. Meet the Barkers. Remember when Travis Barker was likable? Remember that? (laughs) And then there was, like, other types of lifestyle, slice-of-life shows, like Surf Girls. I remember I was obsessed with that show because those girls were so cool and got to live by the beach. And I lived in fucking bumfuck michigan did not have any sort of (laughs) surfing near me but anyways yeah i love that show and then sorority life god i remember that tainted my mind for a second thinking that you had to join a sorority as a part of college thank god i realized that wasn't the case and then you know so many shows came after that pimp my ride next um what was that show where the parents like pick their dates for their kids uh, you know just so many but it all started because of the osbournes it was truly a juggernaut on their network and and catapulted mtv into a network that really didn't play music anymore and more was a reality tv network so you know really the osbournes changed a lot of the landscape of tv on mtv and then also across reality or across tv networks in general i mean now you can think of a reality tv show on every network before it was you know yes mtv because it was full of teenagers and you know they were the demographic they wanted to appeal to but now i mean nbc abc netflix hulu tlc a&E, all of the networks, major networks that you can think of, even smaller ones, have their own reality TV shows on them. And I feel crazy and like I need a hip replacement thinking that I remember vividly when that wasn't the case on TV. And now knowing that it's literally taken over everything, I mean, I'm, I'm talking on a podcast about it. That's how much it's taken over everything. I think it goes to say the Osbournes pretty much changed entertainment in a big way. And I'm not just saying that as an Ozzy Osbourne fan, as a Black Sabbath fan. And I do want to point out, you know, I I mentioned a few minutes before, like, yes, when this came out, to a lot of the MTV demographic, you know, teenagers, people that more listen to, like, mainstream hip-hop, rap music that was coming out, pop music... Yes, Ozzy Osbourne was considered a has-been. However, there's a reason Ozzy Osbourne could afford that big-ass house in Beverly Hills and that they moved 24 times in 27 years, according to uh, Sharon. Because, I mean, Ozfest was a massive success still and continued to be an even more success at this point. So, I mean, the fans of Ozzy Osbourne were still fans of Ozzy Osbourne. Um, 
it's just what was shown on MTV and what was considered more mainstream at that point had changed. And it wasn't the hair metal world anymore. It wasn't the heavy metal and hard rock genre. The, the grunge era was over. So that is a big thing, and I want to point that out. Um, to some people, yes, he was a has-been, and it's okay to point that out. However, very much to his fans that are a very loyal fan base, he was not. And we can, we'll can we see that in the show as we, you know, in the first season, it really follows the brand of Ozzy, particularly him touring, him making appearances back when you released albums and, like, had physical CDs that, you know, sold copies, not just streaming or downloads. So, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing to point out. And then for these people that considered him a has-been, he became the biggest star in the world, like I said. So, you know, I I guess that's a whole lot of rambling to say, like, yeah, this show was a big fucking deal. And, you know, I sit here thinking so fondly back on the things I still remember from this show. <laughs> the things that occupy my mind rent-free about this show so often. Um, and how it introduced me to so many different celebrities, different types of music. I'm, I really think it influenced my taste in music a lot and the types of celebrity I like to follow, the style I liked, all of it, all of it. So yeah, I, let's jump into like what actually happens in the show, more about the actual show. A funny thing too, when we, when I was going through these episodes, because reality TV was such a new genre and people really didn't know how to film it, editors didn't know how to put episodes together and create what we now know as like storylines and arcs throughout seasons for people on shows, there's no continuity in these episodes. Like, we'll see Kelly have like bright pink fucking hair in the first episode, and then two episodes later, she'll be like, dark red hair with like spikes or a mohawk and then two episodes later it's back to bright pink hair and like same thing with the outfits you'll notice right I noticed when I was watching like in one episode Kelly's wearing this outfit and then I'll see it again six episodes later and it's like pretty much they're showing a scene from the same time of filming but they're making it out to be that they happened at different times and What's funny is, like, they still do this in reality TV. This is a huge thing in reality TV. It's called Franken-editing, I think, and where it's essentially they film things but splice it out of order. And so, as a watcher, you're thinking, okay, this happened in this sequence of events when really it didn't when filming was going on. You know, and, and of course, we have to put reality TV, capital R, quotation marks, reality into account. Nowadays, when we look at The Housewives, we look at The Bachelor, Bachelorette, look at pretty much everything. Yes, there's a storyline that's being fed by a producer, but on this, and especially the early seasons of The Osbournes, it was very obvious they did not quite know how to craft a show around just filming people. So it's why we see a lot of like disjointed clips the timeline does not make sense at all throughout the season. You see that they're filming something here that probably came after Christmas. However, it came like four episodes before their Christmas episode. All that type of stuff. Another funny thing when it comes to continuity and how that changed 
was uh, if you look back at early episodes of Teen Mom in Teen Mom Two, particularly if you think uh, Chelsea Chelsea Huska DeBoer, she would change her hair every five seconds, and because of the Teen Moms producers wanting to keep continuity in the episodes, they would have her put on like these shitty wigs when they would have to like refilm segments of her because often too with reality tv things are refilmed we're not seeing always the first iteration of something happening and so for continuity and to keep things you know the same in episodes they would make the girls wear like terrible wigs that would at least be the same hair color and you know not detract too much from the storyline that they're trying to keep just go look up uh, some pictures of chelsea huska back on teen mom two days and you'll find some good ones I think she's talked about it, too, on her Instagram. I don't follow her on Instagram, but um, I know she's brought it up before and people have mentioned that she's said stuff. I think Leah also had to deal with that, too. Um, Yeah, it's just, that's a funny thing that has changed. And now on, like, on Housewives and stuff, I mean, they, it's almost like magic how much they make sure that you don't realize that there's lack of continuity, things are out of order with how they were filmed or happened. It's, it's a the game has changed people um so yeah it's it's funny i noticed a lot of those things while watching this just and i don't think it was based on that the show is bad it's just because the you know no example was set yet we didn't really know how to watch or how to see what a reality show was was it just following them around with the camera was it making storylines up and there's debate to say that that actually happened later in the series where it, and and you can kind of tell too where it becomes much more like eh this is just people doing shtick or you know having talking moments or these conversations for a topic to be on camera it wasn't as much like a slice of life let's see the hijinks that just happen in their house but um, you know, from the first episode when I started rewatching, everything smacked me with nostalgia. The house, the intro music. Remember, it's this big band kind of jazzy version of Crazy Train, and it's crazy, but that's how it goes. And I, I still can remember that song word for word in my head when it first came on. And, you know, the house that they lived in, that house was iconic. The the stairs, the stairs up there with the red carpeting and the pictures of their animals all along the wall. And, you know, that living room in the kitchen and all the type of, you know, the pool that wasn't filled with water in the first episode. Just so much of it was, I remembered it perfectly. And seeing it was like, oh my gosh, these were formative fucking moments in TV watching for me. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, we see Jack wearing his tool t-shirts and Kelly's, like I said, her various shades of pink and black hair. And, you know, all of it came rushing back so much just from the intro. And, you know, so right when we start in the first season, they're moving into their house. And I remember being so, I was like, why do they have crosses everywhere? as a kid and not really understanding why and that was Sharon's doing I guess um and right from the beginning we see their house it's 
beautiful, it's big, but it's still having a ton of work done on it. Obviously, there's a bunch of chaos going on with people moving in and people moving their stuff, shit's getting broken. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, when they're moving in, that's where we get, like, the one of the most iconic scenes with Ozzy where he is trying to figure out his um, remote, the big-ass, what looks like a fucking Garmin, old-ass Garmin GPS is his remote for his TV and of course everybody can picture this scene where he's sitting on his couch pressing the damn button it's on the weather channel he's yelling out Jack and him and Jack sit down and he's trying to figure it out for him and that remote continues to be like the bane of his existence for the entire series and this is where we get kind of the persona of Ozzy being this bumbling idiot kind of in that he doesn't know how to function without his family around he doesn't know how to make the tv remote work he's old-fashioned in that way like but also he has this dichotomy of being a rock and roll star and you know having these like hardcore drug addictions and being an alcoholic and yet he's also this goofy dad character and i remember too in this the first few episodes like Jack is running around in fucking, like, army gear, and him and Ozzy are, like, walking around with rifles and, like, figuring out how to make a fucking bayonet work. <laughs> like, just this crazy shit. And I, I remember watching this again, and I'm like, they're just letting Ozzy walk around with a fucking gun? Especially when we later find out years after that, like, Ozzy was pretty much stoned off of his ass this entire time. I'm like, how the fuck did someone not get, like, accidentally shot in that house? It's like, what? So, yeah, um, that is some entertaining shit to watch. And just, yeah, clearly what got people hooked from the beginning. I know when I watched, I was like, oh, my God, yes. I'm remembering exactly why this got me going. It made me so hooked on this family and just the shit that they did. Um... So yeah, and then, you know, we see a lot in this show, Kelly and Jack, they have what has to be fake IDs at the point. I mean, they're 15, 16 years old. Uh, I know at one point Jack is like 15 because in an episode he's bitching about his nanny telling him that he can't go out and he's like, I'm six days away from being 16. I don't think I need a nanny telling me what to do. It's like, well, you can't get up on your own, kid, so but like we see them going out to the clubs they're going out to like the sunset strip and it's fucking funny that they kind of put on this act like oh jack is going to see bands he works for epic records he uh you know he's trying to sign bands that's why he's 16 going to the roxy and staying out until 2 a.m yeah <laughs> That's just so wild, too. As an adult, to think about that, of being like, so they just, like, went out at 15, 16 years old, and you know they were getting drunk and fucked up. I, and especially, too, after we've now, so many years later, have heard uh, Jack and Kelly talk about how much, from an early age, they were drinking and doing drugs and stuff. And, you know, how at 15 years old do you go into the Roxy nightclub? on the Sunset Strip in L.A. and not get fucked up. You know? 
But I'm also thinking to myself, I'm like, imagine being a 24-year-old celebrity in, well, not an influencer. <laughs> Influencers are not a thing. And, like, there's 16-year-old Jack Osborne next to you. And you're just like, hey, you want a beer or something? What do you do? I, I don't know. I'm not famous, so I guess I wouldn't know what to do. If I saw a 16-year-old at a bar, I'd be like, can you leave? I feel like I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> But Indianapolis is different than Los Angeles, probably. But, yeah. And then we also see them hanging out with, like, a ton of people, famous people. I mean, Elijah Wood, a very young Elijah Wood, and I think his sister come to the house. And they make an appearance and are out and about on the town with Jack and Kelly, it looks like. So that was a very fun flashback to see as well. And then... Another thing I remember, too, was Jack's bedroom. I don't know if anybody remembers. Uh, it was all black, but I loved the layout of it. And he had, I mean, it's massive because they live in a fucking mansion and these kids are spoiled as shit. And it was, like, bigger than some people's fucking apartments, I swear. He had his own bathroom. He had a full, like, wall-length desk with shelves and, like, you know all these computers and stuff he had like a dual monitor set up which in 2002 you know holy shit he had like a full living room with like a l-shaped couch in it and then a little nook in the corner with a bed and his like tv wall next to it it was like jesus christ this is a fucking sweet setup i remember as a kid being like i want that room i didn't want it like all black well actually i probably did knowing me black was the color of my soul (laughs) but yeah and and kelly's bedroom was really fucking cool too she had like a whole dressing room area and a full walk-in closet all of it was just really really cool so i feel like i'm kind of all over the place in this episode i'm kind of just like going through a kind of chronological order in the the series or i'm sorry the seasons um but I don't have much of like a, it's not like I have a storyline. Ha! Storyline is, I was just talking about how this show doesn't really have a storyline. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm kind of like covering the highlights and just like the funnest things I remember, what we saw, kind of the overarching theme of the seasons, that type of stuff. Um, and what a big thing, what we saw in the first season is Ozzy as a musician and how like Ozfest runs his album releases. So, um, in the f- first episode of the, the show, he goes on Jay Leno <laughs> when Jay Leno was on the, the host of the Tonight Show. And this is him promoting an album, his first one in six years. And so a lot of this show is him and his music career. And, like, how Sharon essentially runs that shit, like, you know, Fort Knox and that bitch. I mean, she is looking at merch prices, appearances, tour management stuff. Um, And, like, we see kind of all of that. That's where we also get the famous line of when Ozzy is doing his Merry Mayhem tour with Rob, Rob Zombie. It's like a Christmas type of tour. And he's going through looking at all the special effects that they have on stage for him and they have bubbles come out and he goes bubbles fucking bubbles i'm not coming out with fucking bubbles i'm the prince of fucking darkness man 
sure enough, Ozzy, or, uh, Sharon talks him into it, and he does go out on stage in Bubbles. And we see him do, uh, he's doing like a Moulin Rouge skit for a promotion. He's dressed up in the the tights and the corset, and he eats a fucking banana, and it's it's just, oh my god. So, that's a really fun part of the first season, is just like, the machine that is Ozzy, and, you know, we see clips of just, like, crazy-ass fans of his that are, you know, just go ape shit for Ozzy, and I have to admit, I was a person of that. I still am that person. I've been to OzFest. I've been to Ozzy concerts. I've seen him reunite with Black Sabbath, so I I connect. I connect with those people, okay? <laughs> and then, you know, back to more of their home life, during the first season, we see pretty much just, like, how dysfunctional their kids are. Which, I mean, as an adult now, it totally makes sense when you think, like, yeah, these kids, of course, didn't want to go to school. And, of course, were running wild because they had no structure. They had no boundaries. You know, Jack's poor nanny, Melinda, if you remember Melinda, she's the, I think she's the Australian nanny that still works with the family, I believe. And... She was essentially, like, the parent to them. I mean, it wasn't Ozzy or Sharon waking up Jack for school and getting him there, hopefully on time. Um, You know, poor Melinda had to keep tabs on him all the time, wondering where he was for hours and shit like that. And, you know, it's just, uh, poor Melinda, she was a saint. And I'm sure Jack now realizes, like, fuck, I was probably not a fun person. (laughs) Not a fun kid to uh, deal with, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's, it's, I wonder what Jack thinks now. I know they did rewatch the show and kind of talked about it on their podcast. I haven't listened to all the episodes, but, you know, and I, I know they did an episode with Melinda. I bet, I wonder if he did say, like, sorry, I was a dick, a proper dick, as the English would say. <laughs> um, another funny thing I saw in this was Ozzy does a, appearance on Loveline, you know, Dr. Drew's Loveline with him and Adam Carolla. What a duo. How did that happen? I'm not old enough to remember, like, the beginnings of Loveline, but uh, I I was surprised to see him, like, wow, people were still listening to Loveline in 2002? Like, okay. Because later on, you know, just a few years later, Dr. Drew becomes celebrity drug rehab Dr. Drew. Um, so... That was an interesting little flash from the past to see. They don't even show Dr. Drew's face on it, though. They only show Ozzy talking into a mic, which I'm like, huh, did they not get clearance from Loveline or something? But anyways, then I think the biggest, the the biggest moment that everybody knows from this show, how can we not talk about it? You know, the ham incident and the neighbor, because the Osbournes, of course, have to have a feud with their neighbor and this was in episode four of the first season and Sharon has that memorable line you know well I should start off with the the feud starts because they're playing loud music next door and it's pissing off the Osbournes which is kind of funny because you would think they are the loud neighbors and the ones that create the most chaos and annoyance for neighbors but I guess not. And so this guy, he's just being an asshole. And they start 
talking shit to him through the, the bushes. And one thing leads to another. They end up hearing that he calls Ozzy, or he calls um, Sharon a crazy bitch. And so <laughs> that's when Sharon gets the great idea that she's going to throw their ham, a big old rump of ham, into the neighbor's yard. And she, the most memorable line ever, I think of, in reality TV, is Sharon next to the bushes and she has that fucking hock of ham in her hands and she goes, this looks like a picture of his wife's cunt. <laughs> and then chucks it through the bushes. So then it escalates and this is how they get the cops called on them. Ozzy grabs a fucking log and throws it through the bushes and it ends up breaking the window of the neighbor's house. And so they call the cops and Ozzy, he throws it through the bushes and he like shuffles away and he gets like caught in the little chain between like the driveway and the, you know, side of it and just keeps shuffling his feet and like dragging the chain with him. Oh my god, it made me laugh so fucking hard watching it back. But yeah, that line, I'll never forget it. This pic, this ham is like a picture of his wife's cunt. <laughs> oh man. And yeah, obviously from that moment on, like, that they became the most infamous, not infamous, but most famous family ever. You know, everyone's favorite dysfunctional family. You, How can you top something like that? And I don't think anybody had seen parents of children, you know, parents with their children act like that, and especially with cameras on, and I think that really is what hooked people on this whole, like, oh my god, we can watch celebrities behave badly and just do crazy shit at home where we would never get the access to see them. And oh my god, look, at it's also Ozzy Osbourne. Remember the guy that bit the bat's head off? The guy who, you know, is crazy rock and roll star. Let's see him bumbling around and his wife throw a ham at the neighbor's house you know <laughs> so yeah of course the most memorable moment of that show you know i think if you were to ask somebody oh did you ever watch the osbournes and they didn't they would probably at least be able to identify the show as like oh isn't that you know where sharon osborne threw a ham in someone's yard <laughs> because yeah that's that's pretty much what we all remember her for <laughs> so yeah the um the rest of the first season, well, another main kind of thing we see throughout all the first season is just the revolving door to people that their house is because the kids don't really have any structure, they don't have any rules, they sure as hell don't have a curfew or anything. It's just complete, like, chaos. And they have friends coming over all the time, they're partying, and this friend of Jack's, uh, his name is Jason Dill. I forgot about him until I saw him on camera. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. He um, comes to their house to visit. And this is also like, you know, Jack just tells his parents, like, hey, my older friend. I think he, this kid's like 24 probably at this point because I looked him up. I think he's like in his 40s now. And Jack is 37, so I'm like, okay, in the first season, say Jack is 16, maybe 16 and a half, why is this, like, 20-something-year-old man 
hanging out with him and coming to stay at his house. One, because I think Jason Dill was probably homeless and had nowhere else to go and probably figured, oh, if I can get on TV, I'll maybe, like, get on Jackass or something. I bet that's what he was trying to do. And then, you know, of course he just, like, creates chaos wherever he goes. He looks like he smells really bad because he's constantly, like, scratching his head like he has lice. And... (laughs) There's a funny scene where Sharon finds that he brought like a bottle of Jack Daniels and it's in Jack's room and she she wants to take a piss in it because she thinks that Jack is drinking it and she's like as a punishment to Jack she's like oh he'll just be drinking my piss but Kelly ends up talking her out of doing it but uh yeah so that's what we have fun or what we have to attribute to Jason Dill is him being really weird and stinking and (laughs) having Jack Daniels in Jack's bedroom but like I'm really curious how they became friends because I I, like I don't get how a 20 something year old man becomes friends with Ozzy Osbourne's 16 year old son and it doesn't look like Jason knew Ozzy before he came over I don't know another person we see that's um a friend and like a common reoccurring friend for a while is Sarah another friend of the Osborne kids who looks like she doesn't shower um, and probably smells really bad. So I was, she's around, she's the friend that she has like short blonde hair. Uh, she wears a beanie a lot. Her and Jack are friends too. And like, I think in the first episode we see her helping Jack unpack his room and like, she doesn't really say much. She's more in like the second or third season. She joins Kelly's band for a minute, but then, you know, isn't, really good enough to keep up and you know all that type of stuff but yeah there's there's a couple of friends that are like very much present in the show you don't really hear much from them or they don't have much storyline or anything but they're there and very much like do they just have a a corner of the house (laughs) that they just live in and because i mean it, it it seems like there's probably 15 people in this house at all times not even including the recording or the the tv crew um you know i i can deeply relate to that in a way (laughs) based on how my upbringing was i can deeply relate to that so um then in the second season the shift much more becomes on jack and kelly being celebrities because clearly from the first season now it's not just Ozzy who is the famous person. Jack and Kelly, especially with young people, um, have become ultimate celebrities. They are on TRL. They're on billboards. I remember them doing like a Pepsi commercial, uh, and they had billboards of them with like lemons in their mouth and shit like that. And, you know, especially for them being young, and we saw them have such a chaotic you know, no rules type of lifestyle, I think a lot of teenagers wanted to be them and found them really fun and and wanted to relate to them a lot. And so it's very interesting to see the shift now that also Kelly is becoming a pop star at this time. Remember, she did a cover of Papa Don't Preach. And then she also came out with an album of her own music. It's up for debate whether Kelly is actually a a talented singer or she's just got the money for a record producer but hey she did it i remember listening to the music and loving it feeling my 
you know, rebellious self and be like, yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy Stoddard, wow! <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, it's definitely a big shift now for the family and it's Kelly is her own celebrity at this point and like, she's really started working. You can see it, the stress comes out in her big time. And then also now, Ozzy is back into like, Ozzy! You know, he is larger than life. And he actually goes and meets George Bush in the second season, which is another funny thing. To sh- like, I don't think any celebrity would go... Like, imagine Trump being on Real Housewives today. Now, I will say Real Housewives in New York. They love Trump. But anyways, like, imagine now people just casually being like, yeah, I was invited to the White House to go meet with somebody. You know, I don't even think people do that with Biden, you know? And it, what's funny is at the time, Sharon admits, she's like, I don't really even know who George Bush is. Isn't she lucky? <laughs> but, like, that was such a weird time. And, like, you know, do we think that celebrities would go willingly to see George Bush now? Do we? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, and then... Aside from the Jack and Kelly stuff and uh, Ozzy being famous, we get another thing. And I remember this happening, you know, and this just being in the news a lot, was that Sharon is going through cancer treatment for colon cancer this time. And so throughout the episode, throughout the season, she's receiving treatment. Um, and I remember as a kid not quite understanding that, like, you know, as being like, why is she in the hospital all the time? And, you know, that type of, even though she had said like, oh, I was you know, what's it called? Um, diagnosed with cancer. You know, I didn't see, she didn't lose her hair. You know, as a kid, I didn't quite understand. I was like, oh, did she have cancer and we didn't see it? Or what was, you know, now as an adult, unfortunately, I'm very familiar with what it looks like to go through cancer treatment. So rewatching this, I was like, oh, okay. And like, it's really interesting, too, to see Ozzy was super, super paranoid about getting Sharon sick because her immune system was low. At one point, he's making sure everybody that comes into their house has a flu shot. And I was like, all right, Ozzy. Pro-vax Ozzy. Love to see it. And, you know, just that was a, a weird thing to look back on. I, I know she had cancer. For some reason, I thought she had breast cancer, but I obviously remembered it wrong. Um, and as we know, Sharon survived, so that's great. And I assume she's had a clean bill of health. Like, I don't think she's had cancer since, again, right? I don't, I think she's been in remission, so that's good. So, um, yeah, and that that's kind of something we see throughout the whole series. And, you know, we see Sharon a lot in bed this season, and that makes sense because she's probably really tired and not feeling well from her chemo. Um, at the time, I probably didn't realize it and was like, what's going on? There's a lot of things that I was like, I loved about this show, but probably went right over my head. But now rewatching, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, another big point throughout season two, Ozzy's sobriety. And now this has been something that has been a weird topic and clearly was like obscured a bit when the show was on. And I think the whole world thought that Ozzy was just sober. They just assumed he was. 
Um, and it was before the show had came on, he had obviously been very open about having um, addiction issues, alcohol issues, and has been, you know, I ended up watching an interview with Kurt Loder that was like a two, old two minute episode, a two minute interview for MTV News. And he was talking about it then. And, you know, that was probably 10, 15 years before the first season of the Osbournes. So I think people just went into this assuming, oh, he's just the goofy dad at home. He's sober still. And, you know, the reason he can barely form a sentence together is just because he's completely destroyed his brain. And, you know, that obviously we learned later on that that wasn't the case. And actually he was fucked up the whole time. And we see some scenes of him uh, really fucked up where he's like taking medication and then drinks a bunch of wine and he's like shuffling down the street walking his dog and stuff and Jack has to like chase after him to get him back home you know now I look back and I can tell oh okay Ozzy is really fucked up in this scene okay in this scene Ozzy's not so much fucked up especially you can tell in the last episode of season one it's a, a dinner with Ozzy where essentially he's they sit down with him and he's having a conversation with the camera talking about his life the things he loves about the show it's kind of like a, a clip show for the first season and you can understand him really well yes he has a thick accent yes he's older he maybe doesn't talk as fast but you can understand what he's saying you can tell you know he's making clear sentences he's being able to make a point however there are other times throughout the season where the man can barely string four words together and it's like oh yeah okay okay that makes a lot more sense um because this idea of like oh ozzy just is always like that because his brain is so fucked up is not true like <laughs> yes he did a lot of a lot of drugs he's done a lot of damage to his body but like that's not how it works like his brain you know he's still able to talk and form sentences i mean we see he still has a, a lot of ability to do things around the house and that type of stuff I don't think you should be carrying a gun around, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, and throughout the second season, he has a sober coach while he's on tour for OzFest. And, you know, I, I feel bad for him at this point because, like, Sharon is back home. She has to go through treatment. So he's, like, by himself. And it's very obvious, like, Ozzy does not know how to function without Sharon by his side. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny clearly this sobriety coach is trying to go through like the 12 steps and some AA type of stuff with him and Ozzy is just like yeah okay you know I don't maybe Ozzy is sober during this it doesn't seem like he is but you know it's it's very interesting to see him try this out and stuff and I do believe he is actually sober now according to them and I, I and I do believe I think he actually is um because I think he also was diagnosed with Parkinson's, which is also very obvious that he had onset of. And it's crazy to think that like 20 years ago, you could clearly tell that he had onset of Parkinson's coming on. And I think it was only until like probably five or seven years ago, he was actually diagnosed. So it, it's amazing what the human body can withstand and like how long people just survive with shit and um another funny part of the season uh jack has a guest spot on dawson's creek 
<laughs> Remember that show was still on in 2002? And yeah, so he does a, a, a spot on it. I wonder what episode it was. Because Dawson's Creek is on... One of the streaming sites. I'll have to think. I remember my sisters loved that show. I don't wanna wait for love to be over. To know right now. Sorry. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a really fun nostalgia trip to see. Oh, yeah. Dawson's Creek was actually popular. Another thing. And this is where... The Osbournes has penetrated itself into my brain for the rest of my life. Kelly and Burt McCracken, the lead singer of The Used, dating. And I remember so vividly still, and I it wasn't even re-watching this, I still remembered this. They called him pukey because Jack says that he pukes on stage. And I think probably every five to seven business days... I think about this and it comes into my head. Anytime I listen to the used, I think about it. I'm like, what the f? And he looks, I, I swear, the Osbournes are the richest kids in the world and they surrounded themselves by just the stinkiest people, I bet. I mean, he probably smelled like piss and cigarettes that, oh. And as someone who probably hung out with a lot of people back in the day that smelled like piss and cigarettes, whew. I, I know exactly what that was probably like. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, and then to add to all the other f- celebrity um, appearances that we see, this is the beginning, and this kind of piggybacks on the fame of Jack and Kelly. This is where we start to see all of the famous people, the rotating door of famous people coming in and out of the house because they're trying to get that, you know, it's... It's like the Playboy Mansion effect. And literally, the Osbournes' house pretty much turned into its own version of the Playboy Mansion, where, you know, people wanted to be seen there. People wanted to hang out with Jack and Kelly. And, you know, the the stream of girls coming out of Jack's room. I mean, Mandy Moore is there. Kimberly Stewart. Nicole Richie. You know, it's just like, at one point, they're on a trip and Christina Aguilera is trying to like hang on Jack to make Kelly jealous like just it's it's such a funny trip to see all of these famous people who at the time I didn't quite know who they were but then was introduced to who they were and then as you get older you realize like all the heinous crazy shit they were doing as young people and I was like, oh my god. We are not supposed to believe that Jack is actually having sex with Nicole Richie, are we? Like, I don't think so. But also just, like, wondering what's happening in that house and in the in Jack's bedroom is probably the darkest thing I've ever thought about. Um, and I don't know if I <laughs> want to think too much about that. But it's... That's probably another really fun part of the show It's just seeing all the celebrities come in and out because celebrities had no idea about reality TV yet either. They were just kind of like, oh yeah, I'll be on a fucking camera. You mean I get to hang out with the most famous family on TV? Yes! <laughs> so yeah. Um, that was definitely... I, I, I'm i still reeling overseeing him and Mandy Moore like pretend to flirt. And and then Mandy Moore's in the, the Christmas special that they have. And then like just so much shit like that. It's it's wild to me. Um, I think the second season has to be the funnest of it because 
clearly they captured light in a bottle in the first season and then in the second season we're now seeing the result of just the huge success of the show and how the world is just in love with the osbournes um another weird thing i was thinking about speaking of uh older people hanging out with jack uh in the second season we also find out that you know jack has this supposed rotating line of girls coming in and out of his bedroom but uh at one point he's kind of linked up with Brienne, this girl Brienne, who is Kurt Cobain's half-sister. She was in, I I looked this up, she was apparently the little girl in Nirvana's Heart Shaped Box uh, video, so that was interesting, but, um, you know, so this was filmed in 2002, and she was still close with Courtney Love at the time, and we see Courtney Love make an appearance, and Jack is 17, maybe? when he goes to Courtney Love's house to pick up Brienne, uh, and Courtney Love comes to her gate to let Jack in, and she is wearing black, like, sheer panties, high heels, and, like, a lavender low-cut top, and is, like, greets Jack at the door, lets him in, and she keeps saying, don't feel my ass! Don't feel my ass! And then we proceed to see Courtney Love fumble around, like, her house, and apparently they were, like, going somewhere with Jack? I'm like, why is Courtney Love hanging out with Jack? Like, isn't he just supposed to be picking up Kurt Cobain's sister? (laughs) What is going on? And then at one point, Courtney Love picks up this, like, puppet, and she starts quoting lines from Macbeth. I'm like, what is this? And Jack, 17-year-old Jack, is sitting there, and he's, like, on the phone, Someone's like, where are you guys? And he's like, yeah, we're just trying to get Courtney going. I'm like, I wonder how many lines of blow she had to do in between, like, putting every piece of clothing on or, like, (laughs) every time. And, oh, my God, her dogs are all running around and shit. It was, it just, you wouldn't be able to capture that on TV today. I mean, this whole show would not be able to be on TV today. But, like, just seeing that, I was like, oh, my God. God, Courtney Love in underwear and high heels greeting a 17-year-old Jack Osborne. Uh, what a piece of history. I'm so glad the internet has this captured. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like, I, I, apparently him and Brienne were a thing for a minute. Uh, also, to go with the continuity issues of the show, this episode came kind of later in the season, but then in a few episodes before it, we see Brienne, like, hanging around the house She's, like, in some low-cut pajama pants after probably lounging around the Osborne's house for days, eating a bowl of cereal. Um, But, like, we're supposed to be introduced to her and Jack dating later on in the season. I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's a fun little snippet. And then the other big thing for this second season, and this I really remember being confused by. And at the time, I was like, wait, this episode was scripted was it um they have this episode where jack gets interested in sleepwalking and he says that he's been sleepwalking and like someone woke him up and he got really angry and so we see a scene where jack sleepwalks in his room and then he picks up minnie the dog Sharon's favorite dog in his sleep and then like out of the 
view of the camera in his room, he, like, we're supposed to think he kills the dog. And so then, like, the next day, he leaves, and you see him, like, wrapping something up in a towel, putting it in a bag, and then he calls Ozzy and says he killed Minnie. And then Sharon is obviously devastated by this, and she has to leave the house. And at the time, I remember thinking, like, wait, is Sharon leaving Ozzy? Because the way they make it sound like is Sharon leaves the house, uh... And she tells Ozzy, like, she has to be alone and she has to get away for a bit. And she goes to their house in Malibu. And then Ozzy sits down and he's apparently, like, home alone or something. Starts having trouble with the damn TV remote, as usual. And then yells, Jack! Sharon! And then we hear a director yell, Cut! I don't know why they did this show. It doesn't seem to... I don't know if it's kind of like a wink at the audience to be like is it real is it fake maybe it was just to be fun and jack wanted to have some sort of like director thing even as an adult i don't quite understand why they did it um but the storyline made more sense to me i remember as a kid being like wait did they actually kill that dog and did like sharon leave ozzy over what the fuck is happening (laughs) um the other thing it made me think of, and I think the Hills stole this, because if anybody who's watched the Hills, they kind of do this whole thing at the end in the finale episode, um, where it's like, cut, and they zoom out, and they're on a filming lot. Uh, and so I'm like, I think the Hills stole this from the, the Osbournes. I'm going to be real about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I'm not sure why they did that, but it's it's a another memorable thing and then that was like the penultimate episode and then we get the the osborne's christmas special that i mentioned before um you know and it's essentially a bunch of funny skits and again you can tell at this point every celebrity wanted to be as close as they could be to the the osborne's i mean if they were able to be in a a skit with them in a a commercial, a magazine, whatever, you know, Britney Spears is in it, (laughs) you know, Jessica Simpson does a duet with Ozzy, uh, you know, Mandy Moore is back in it, like I said, so it's, it's, it's very interesting, the crossover that we see, so, you know, and at this point, like I said, the second season, I think it really was the best, I think it was the funnest, and I, I really don't think they were able to capture that for the remaining two seasons i mean there are some big things that happen in season three and four but i don't think it was as those seasons totally were as fun and as memorable as season two or season one um so then in season three this is when sharon is filming her own show the sharon osborne show and uh it's very obvious she did not enjoy doing that and like we can see throughout the entire season like she has a really hard time getting guests um i was reading like a big critique that people had of the show is that essentially it focused too much around her family because she would try and get like jack and kelly on all the time or you know i would one point we see ozzy as her co-host for the halloween show so it's just you know and i think it only lasted one year because i think she didn't renew her contract once it was up and we see also later in the season Sharon leaves on very bad terms uh and I don't know I don't know too much about Sharon's pat or uh 
professional career after the Osbournes, but I know she's had some issues on other shows that she's worked on with people and issues with producers and that type of stuff. So it's just, yeah, that was funny to watch. And I never watched the Sharon Osbourne show. I don't think it was more for me. I think it was for women that were home during the day or watched talk shows, which I was not doing at 10. <laughs> I did watch Maury, though. So maybe I would have liked the Sharon Osbourne show. Who knows? <laughs> Either way. Um, but at one point, we see Sharon is getting ready for her show, and DMX, RIP DMX, he is supposed to be appearing on that episode of the show, and he doesn't show up, and a producer tells Sharon this. And so Sharon gets on the phone and calls DMX directly and is essentially like, where the fuck are you? You need to get your ass here and perform. And he actually does show up in the middle of the show. And I was like, damn, Sharon, you got some clout. You're pulling your weight. Good for you. She actually calls up DMX and gets him to show up. Um, and then, like, throughout the rest of the season, you know, Jack and Kelly are still doing, you know, their whole thing. Jack turned 18 and finally gets his license. I was wondering if that was because he's not American. Um... And then this is where I start getting kind of confused with the timeline. So I know that this was this would have been filmed in 2003? 2004, probably? Um, because Jack would have turned 18 in 2003. And I also know that Jack got sober in 2003. Because Jack's been sober for like 18 years at this point. And got sober when he was young. I mean, like, 17, 18 years old. So, I think when we're seeing these episodes, Jack is actually, like, early on in his sobriety. Um, which is interesting, because I didn't... They don't really bring it up until the fourth season, when Kelly goes to rehab, and we see her go through all of her shit and her downfall. Um, so, during this, I was kind of like, wait, what's going on? And they don't really talk about anything like that. So, uh, yeah, just, just a f little side note there. And then with Kelly... At this point, she has a new boyfriend at the beginning of the season, but then they break up, but then he's back at the end of the season, again, with the continuity thing. I'm not sure what's happening. Again, we see a lot of changing hairstyles. Kelly has long black hair one day, and then she wears, like, this weird rat's nest ponytail shit at the back of her head one other day. It's She's experimenting. Let's say that. She's, like, really, really experimenting with long hair, it seems like. Um, uh, but yeah, Kelly's new boyfriend is named Rob, and my first thought after seeing him was like, wow, that guy is probably a skinhead. And then sure enough, I looked him up, and I found his Instagram, and he's the lead singer of the band The, Pla the Transplants, which I'm not super familiar with, I've heard of, but I don't know their music, and his stage name is Skinhead Rob. So, you know, I still know how to read a, a person well. I'm, I'm a good judge of character, okay? Uh, and so... We see Kelly and her boyfriend and Ozzy go to England because Ozzy and Kelly are going to perform um, on top of the Pops. And Kelly and him end up getting in like a really big fight and he leaves early. Again, like I said, later on in the season, he's around um, and they're supposedly together. I need to know when they went to, to England because I think that's like... I mean, I would be able to find when they did their Top of the Pops performance and then be able to tell if that was after Valentine's Day because the end of this season 
is like, oh, they're on Val- it's Valentine's Day, and Kelly doesn't really want to be with him because he's a dick, and it looks like they fight all the time. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm curious on the timing and how they splice this up. But a big thing that happens during this trip, and something that really made like huge news too, is that um, Ozzy gets in that a big fatal ATV accident. Almost fatal, I'm sorry, not fatal. A near fatal. And, like, this was really big news at the time when it happened, too. And, uh, so, you know, they're at their English home. Uh, obviously, it's, like, a fucking estate where they live. And Ozzy goes out and decides to ride his ATV. I don't know if he was messed up. Like, if he had drugs in his, like, if he was fucked up. They don't really mention anything about that. I don't know. I'm not going to say whether or not, like, regardless, it still was bad, whether he was fucked up or not. And it's amazing that he lived through it. And, like, for the rest of season three, Ozzy is, like, in a neck brace. And um, we find out he ended up having to stay in the hospital in England for three weeks from the injuries from the surgery. He ended up having, like, metal rods displaced in his back, put in his back. He had a broken neck and a collarbone. And, like, like I said, it's... Uh, frankly amazing he fucking survived that and we see in the episode they you know like he's going on his atv and then it blacks out you know obviously they don't have the footage of him actually falling but then an assistant of his finds him like laid out on the ground off of his atv and he's like unconscious and so they have to you know go back and uh, wow it's just yeah and so it's it's truly incredible just the state of Ozzy's body at that point and then for him to go through something like that woof 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 um <clears throat> this is another time too uh, you know because I mentioned with the drug use and Jack is kind of getting sober Kelly we see goes into rehab in the fourth season you know this is where Jack and Kelly her hygiene and just behavior really starts getting you know this is kind of like her peak spoiled bratness um, there's a whole episode that they show in the season where Kelly just, like, refuses to take a shower. Melinda and Sharon are like, you're so smelly! Take a shower! It's not very ladylike and stuff. And Kelly's like, no, I don't want to. Her hair's all greasy, and Sharon is, like, beside herself. She does not know how to understand. Like, I, I don't think she is, like, able to process this. <laughs> but, um, I think then... It makes a lot more sense by season four. And I will say, like, I'm probably not talking as much about season three and season four. Because, like, it just... There's just not as much in-depth shit that happens that is really, like, oh, wow, this really was different. Or I don't understand why this happened. Or, you know, this was crazy. It mostly was like, okay, at this point, they're pretty used to having cameras around. Yes, they're famous. We have the big accident with Ozzy. Um you know, Sharon has her show, but at this point, like, I think they are starting to get tired of the camera. It's very obvious Kelly is starting to be really worn out by how much she has to travel. She's constantly having to go back and forth to New York and to England, and um, it's weighing on her. Definitely Ozzy does not like that Kelly, or that Sharon is always gone working and that type of stuff, so... Um, I think, and it becomes very obvious in season four, like, I think this is when the show is actually starting to wear on them more. Another thing I didn't even bring up, 
the other child, you know, Jack and Kelly are this, the kids that we see on the show. We don't even talk about Amy, the child that just did not want to be on the show. <laughs> and I know I'm already over an hour into this and, you know, whatever. But uh, it's really funny how we just, like, don't talk about Amy at all. And I know she had some, like, Barbara Walters special that came out and she talked about how, like, she really hated seeing how her family came across on TV and the dysfunction and all that stuff. I don't think she has a relationship with Kelly and Jack now because they're just, like, very, very different people. And Kelly says, like, they do not get along at all. Um, but, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, we'll see a blurred face every once in a while, and that is um, Amy a lot of times. We maybe will see a picture of her when they show family pictures. But, yeah, she just, like, doesn't exist in the Osborns world when we're, like, watching this family. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So then, uh, season four, you know, we'll get to it now. At this point, like I said, the family, you can tell, um, they're a bit over the fame and the baggage that kind of comes from the show. We see a lot less of, like, the day-to-day, and it more turns into, like, shtick, you know, trying to decide where they're going to go on vacation. Uh, you know, Kelly and Sharon at one point want to go to Africa to help people and, you know, that type of shit. But the, a big thing that does happen is um, Kelly does go to rehab. And this was also in the news. And uh, this is the last time that we see that friend of Kelly, Sarah, that short blonde haired girl that didn't look like she showered. And, you know, I don't think this is really how it should have worked. But like Sharon essentially calls Sarah's mom and is like, I don't want her ever talking to my daughter again. She's a horrible influence. And like Sharon pretty much blames Sarah for Kelly becoming addicted to drugs. And I'm like, uh sure maybe sarah wasn't a great influence and like she did drugs with sarah but like to call the girl's mom and be like your daughter's a piece of shit but um essentially like leading up to that it's like kelly is sick all the time and you know she's constantly flaking out on stuff and she's her mood is really erratic and you know Sharon in her mind is like no she's she's just sick and you know she needs to go to the doctor and a lot of denial you know and Jack who we find out at this point is going to be celebrating a year of sobriety when Kelly is going into rehab he's like mom you're fucking nuts like she's on drugs you know she's asking someone to buy it she's writing checks for somebody for a thousand dollars she's going to malibu she hates malibu that made me laugh jack was like she's on drugs she's always in malibu she hates malibu (laughs) among other things but yeah i just i found that really really interesting to see like jack who is younger and it's very interesting too to see a young person in sobriety like that because you know, it's not common. Yes, people that are young, 17, 18 years old, do get sober and stay sober. Um, but it's very interesting to see him as, like, the younger sibling, presumably he would think would be less mature. During these episodes, he's kind of like, no, this is Kelly This is Kelly being a drug addict. Like, she is manipulating people. She's doing this. And, like, when she's in rehab, Jack is trying to point this out because Kelly's constantly calling and saying, I need my DVD player. I need new clothes. I need a manicure. You know, she's thinking it's kind of like Club Med. And Jack is like, no, you're being manipulative. And you really see him and uh, Sharon butt heads about it 
Because I think, you know, Sharon doesn't want to admit that both of her kids are drug addicts. It's kind of a, a hard blow, I bet. But, um, you know, it, it's definitely interesting and entertaining and juicy to see, you know, Kelly be shuffled off into a minivan after her mom finds her in a room buying drugs or something and she's off to passages Malibu. It's like, whoa, y'all are putting this on TV. And that's another thing. Like, I don't think anybody had ever done that on TV before. You know, nobody had shown them taking their kids to rehab. Um, you know, and, and as we know, like, Kelly has had a long history and has been in and out of rehab multiple times. She is currently sober, so good for her. Um, I think she's also pregnant? Or did she have a baby already? I knew she was pregnant. She's also dating um, Sid from Slipknot, which is very interesting because, just a side note, uh, apparently they've known each other for 20 years because Slipknot performed in the 1999 uh, OzFest. And Based on that, she would have been 13 at that point. Uh, and Sid would have been in his 20s, probably. And he was claiming, oh, we've been friends for 20 years, and then we started dating. I'm thinking to myself, why was Sid Wilson becoming friends with a 13-year-old girl? And, I mean, we know that, you know, essentially these kids were allowed to run rampant when they were on tour with their dad for Ozfest, you know, going onto tour buses and getting drunk. And I'm just like, uh, are you dating a man and had a child with a man that you met when you were 13 and he was a grown man? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I hope she's happy. You know, it, it seems like she's found sobriety and success in her sobriety. Obviously, Kelly has become, like, an influencer. She was on Fashion Police for a bit. You know, all that thing. Uh, and then, uh, to end the series, and this is kind of bizarre, the last episode is a visit from Dr. Phil, and it's essentially, like, a clip show, but also Dr. Phil comes to kind of, like, chastise the family for being, like, really dysfunctional and Ozzy and Sharon putting no rules for the kids and I was like what is it what was the vibe of this supposed to be because at one point it's like like I said a clip show and we're seeing like the best of moments but also Dr. Phil is there like putting it in the context of like Look at how fucking crazy you guys are. Look at your kids who don't, dis you know, probably disagree with me, but they're crazy and have lots of problems. The entire time, Kelly's face, you can tell she wants to tell him to fuck right off, but she can't. And, I mean, I kind of don't blame her. I, I never realized, like, until now, and I haven't watched Dr. Phil in a very long time, but, like, he comes off as a condescending prick. I'm like what are you doing? Um, you know, and also at the same time, it's like this clip show, but then they go into like, Kelly really gets kind of heavy and gives some details about how like, she missed her dad growing up and how Ozzy was never around because he was drunk or he was on tour and he couldn't really ever be present. And then like, that's done. 
like we see maybe five minutes of this kind of like really heavy intimate stuff and then back to clips and i'm like what and then also we're under the assumption that now ozzy is sober when this is filmed i don't think he was um but he tells you know dr phil that uh and then sharon obviously reflects on it saying she wishes she had a lot more control and more boundaries and structure set up you know but i'm like what is what is the point of having dr phil here well i know why because at this point dr phil was like the most popular shit ever he had become you know the the king of late afternoon tv and so everyone thought that dr phil was the person of reason and who knew how to make everybody normal or whatever um which is so not true now (laughs) the man is so fucking flawed in his thinking even for 2002 i was like what the fuck is he saying here but another interesting part of this is for the finale it was literally a half hour of clips kelly crying about her dad not being around and having like pretty much a traumatic childhood and then more clips and dr phil being an asshole and that was it nowadays for a finale like this this would be like a two-hour you know three-part sit down and we would hear from everybody for like 45 minutes about how shit was fucked up and you know like it was very bizarre and you can tell because it's early reality tv and i don't think they really knew how to have a finale like this of a a series that was so massive and like all-encompassing of a family um but it's it i was like damn that was it all right dr phil comes over calls him a bunch of idiots and we show some clips and they're like yep we're done okay (laughs) um but you know i i guess i just want to say like overall this show really is one of a kind i don't think they could ever recreate this uh there's been news that like the bbc is going to follow ozzy and sharon now that they've moved back to england and i don't know what they're gonna do with that will it be similar to the osbournes i i don't know if they can really create it like that's a problem with so many reboots nowadays is that they try to recreate these shows they did it with the hills and it sucked um i'm blanking on other shows that they've tried it with but they they have and it's worked in some cases i do know the real world homecoming when they did the new orleans season that was actually really good um but the other one sucked you know the other seasons of the real world homecoming sucked so i'm i'm skeptical in a way i'm happy i have these poor quality youtube videos to at least watch back um and see the episodes but uh, to suffice to say this really this show holds such a special place in my heart it changed my you know music influences it changed my influence on being interested in reality tv i mean shoot uh, the addiction this created talk about some addictions in this show damn but yeah i i i highly recommend if you watch this show and it holds a special place of nostalgia in your heart even if you didn't like it or even if you don't like ozzy osbourne if you're not a, a metal fan or a black sabbath fan whatever it's still funny and there's some really good episodes and just not all of it is aged perfectly i know <laughs> but overall it's it's a good time so I'm glad I was able to recap it. Uh, I, there's so many things too. I think I could probably talk about, and I didn't. I didn't even talk about Robert. 
the adopted person that just like lived in their house well he wasn't technically adopted but like he lived in their guest house for three years no idea what happened to him uh, you know i could do another whole episode talking about this with all the other shit i didn't cover so <laughs> but i'm already at an hour and 20 minutes about so i should probably shut up <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening follow me on instagram at adventures in reality tv give me a like give me a subscribe uh you know any of that fun stuff give me a, a follow on instagram what is the thing oh leave a review on apple Podcasts. it makes it easier for other people to find the pod and you know i love hearing from from you five stars only if you don't like it get out of here <laughs> anyways i'll be back in a few days with the newest episode of sister wives also we've got real housewives of potomac premiering this sunday on the 9th we've got the beverly hills uh real housewives of beverly hills reunion is starting up this week i'm not going to recap it i'll probably cover maybe a couple of highlights of it but we have the shit happening with kathy hilton and rinna rinna pumpkin ida that bitch i'm just kidding. shouldn't call her that but fucking the villain of bravo um but anyways yeah so we've got some good stuff coming up more sister wives i'm definitely gonna want to recap real housewives of potomac a bit and yeah so just thanks for joining in on the fun (laughs) i'll talk to you guys soon be good to one another don't be an asshole bye this has been a production of c money entertainment follow us on instagram at adventures in reality tv 